Welcome to CCC Talks, empowering IT and business professionals in their digital transformation journey. Find all the latest tips, tricks, and strategies at our blog and resource center at cloudcredential.org. And now our host, CCC Managing Director, Mark O'Loughlin. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of CCC Talks with Mark O'Loughlin and the Cloud Credential Council. Today, we're joined by Alessandro Bassi, IoT expert and Central Europe Area Manager at Things, and also, if that wasn't enough, President of IoT Italy. Alessandro, thank you very much for joining us on today's podcast. Great to have you here. Thank you for having me. Right. Now, Alessandro, you describe yourself as an IoT expert. We're going to drill in on that in a couple of minutes. We know that you're heavily invested in digital transformation, industry 4.0, big data and IoT amongst many other things. And you're also leading one of um, the biggest EU co-funded projects on IoT. I was very excited when I heard that. comprises what we believe of 19 core partners and hundreds of stakeholders. Now, Alessandro, tell us a little bit about yourself and also this fantastic project. Yeah, well, uh, I started working on the IoT field in 2007, which is makes like 13 years today. And uh, what I was doing at the beginning is also to help the European Commission to draft the very first calls on IoT and to make sense of what IoT was for the European Parliament, uh, being part of the expert group uh, back in 2010. Right. Um, so I'm coming, I mean, from, uh, let's say, a bit of diverse background. I mean, I, I'm starting with technology. I mean, I work with, uh, with clouds and big data. I mean, before they were calling clouds and big data, so a long time ago, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, in the recent years, what I focus is really more on how to implement some sort of coherent IoT strategy for companies, mm-hmm. how to transform them I in mean, the business, I mean, towards connected objects, and how yes. to put different pieces of this puzzle together. Because IoT by itself does not make any sense. It needs big data, yes. it needs artificial intelligence, it needs a lot of stuff, I mean, with it. Related to the uh, EU projects, I mean, you were talking about, that's IoTA. Uh, one of the huge problems of IoT is that it's such a, you know, spar, such a galaxy of different technologies, different approaches, different stuff, that not even the definition, I mean, is, is, uh, is there's a single definition of it. I mean, if you search on the internet for definition of IoT, you probably find like 40 or 50 different definitions. I myself, I get three of them in, in, in history. And, yes. you know, after a while, you're thinking, like, oh, that's not really correct. I mean, we should, you know, at these or that. That's because really, it's, it's really complex, I mean, to, to identify what exactly IoT is, what exactly IoT means. Now, uh, given that, I mean, and given the fact that what I consider IoT is basically uh, something which has sensors, actuators, uh, something which is observing some physical entity, which can be, you know, everything and anything. It can be the temperature of this room, can be myself, can be the eggs on the fridge. And uh, basically uh, creating a digital twin or digital entity. I'm using digital twin because it's, it's very, you know, fashionable now terms nowadays. So people do tend to understand them in what I'm talking about. Yes. Um, and, and basically, I mean, uh, without, let's say, a modeling foundation, you know, of, of what we're talking about, it's, it's very complicated, if not impossible, I mean, to have different systems talking to each other. 
Um, at the moment, I mean, there is, because IoT is so vast, I mean, there is probably not a single entity, not a single company that can do this from, from head to toe. So there must be some cooperation, some collaboration between different companies, between different vendors, between different stuff. And, you know, if there is not, a, not even a single language, but a single, let's say, way of understanding what the problem is, yeah. then it's basically impossible, I mean, to make sense out of it. So that's why basically the, the European Union thought that it was uh, uh, fundamental to develop some sort of a common scheme, the architectural reference model, which is basically composed by a reference model, which is talking about, you know, how to model a problem. You know, I have a problem, is this an IoT problem or not, basically. Uh, which functional part do I need? Which communication part do I need? Which security part do I need? And then some sort of a reference architecture. You know, one size fits all does not work in the IoT field. So we need some sort of blueprint or, 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 a, or a set of blueprints. Uh, and according to specific requirements of, you know, a specific problem, then I can follow, I mean, these, I mean, in order to build a sustainable architecture. Hmm. And um, how, has that project finished or is it still ongoing at a European Probably level? Finished, but the result is still uh, pretty alive, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> That's very, it's very interesting. I think it's so important for all these newer digital technologies that, uh, you know, what we see and we promote as well is a one size does not fit all. It can't anymore. Um, that even for cloud, for IoT, for big data, you need to have some kind of reference architecture model, uh, some security model, all these different models to pull all of this stuff together. Uh, you know, it's all loosely coupled these days, even though it's highly integrated. Um, and I think that's a massive challenge. Uh, another thing you, you mentioned there was sometimes IoT isn't the solution to the problem that you're trying to solve but IoT can be a part of a solution. You know, you don't wake up one morning and say, we want to deploy IoT, let's go do that. You probably have some problems or challenges or some something you have to do in a competitive landscape where IoT can actually help you gain the advantage that you need, but not necessarily IoT on its own because you need big data, AI, analytics, and probably cloud behind that, and security and compliance and all these other things that go with it. So it's good to hear, I guess, at a EU level, I'm sure there's a global level, but certainly at the EU level, there's this view as to how do we understand this for a large community like the European Union? Um, and then whether there's another one for the US, the States or somewhere else, or whether other organizations or other jurisdictions look at the EU model and take that, maybe that's the, I guess, the guidance. Yep. Can I ask you, you said, we find this as well it's very difficult uh, with a lot of the other technologies to define it simply in a simple definition so you said you've seen about 40 or so different definitions for iot i know i've seen lots when you go search uh, we have a number of iot courses we've tried to define it in a certain way is there any definition or phrasing that you've come across uh, for our listeners that you might suggest would be a good starting point for them to you know, define what IoT might be for them? Well, uh, recently, basically, I, I, I came out with, let's say, a, a three question checkpoint. I mean, and, and the answer is yes to all of three. I mean, then, then we, you are talking about an IoT uh, problem. Okay. One is, is there is a physical entity you're observing with a digital twin related to that? 
Two, if okay. there is any sensors and actuators to that. So not only means sensing the uh, environment, but also modifying the environment. And the number three is there is a, cer a certain level of intelligence or computation, I mean, if you take in technology terms, uh, directly linked in the device itself. And right. then you can talk about IoT. Now, I like that because I've asked you uh, typically every, you know, how many people have asked you, give us a definition or can you give us a definition of IoT? And you've turned that around and said, oh, you know, let's not look at the definition. Let's give you three criteria to see, are you talking about IoT? And if you answer yes to these, which, you, which you've just outlined to us, you probably are talking about IoT. I like that. I think we're going to blog about that uh, on another day. Um, so uh, we'll reference that back to yourself. But I think that's a good starting point. Um, I'll ask you a little bit later, but I think that's a good starting point for organizations to have a think about. Um, are there sensors or can there be sensors in place? That kind of thing. Now, the comp you work for a company as well called um, Things, uh, describes itself as the European Design and Innovation Agency, which is pioneering in the realm of consumer IoT. Can I ask you, um, what kind of innovations are you seeing coming from the application and the use of IoT? So the end results or the competitive advantage or the innovation, well, what are you well, seeing out there? The, the, the IoT, I mean, if you take into the really the, the, the wildest uh, definition and wild result, I mean, it's a game changer. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's a completely totally different uh, beast of what we, we have seen today. It's probably even a bigger game changer than the internet itself. Uh, the internet, I mean, is, you know, we, we all know that the world is, is totally different today than what it was in the 90s, you know, that before the web started, basically. And there was no world before the web. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then there was probably the, you know, the second revolution, or say, you know, 1.5 revolution is probably the mobile revolution. You know, yes. uh, 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 today, you know, if you take a teenager, uh, try to, to, to tell him, I mean, you know, how people used to meet before, I mean, there was WhatsApp or, or before there was mobile phones, you know. You know, people used to meet friends, I mean, used to meet in train stations, in airports, I mean, to pick up people, and it was, you know, it worked, I mean, somehow. And today, yeah. things that all these stuff are impossible. I mean, if, if you don't have a mobile phone with you. Yes. Um, and, and for instance, ask people if they prefer to lose their wallet or their mobile phone and look at the yeah. answer. Oh, <laughs> here's, here's half, a wallet right away. <laughs> exactly. More than half, they oh, I lose my wallet, no problem. I mean, just call the bank and block the credit card, and I'm, you know, I'm done. Uh, what is uh, what is important to think about in you know, the IoT in the, uh, the consumer field is that uh, what it will change, you know, when when the, the revolution, I mean, will, will happen, it, it will really change a lot of, of uh, uh, stuff. I mean, that we are are uh, dealing about every day. Uh, the example I'm using very often is the fridge. You know, the connected fridge today basically is is, is no IoT. Let's put it that. Uh, think about a fridge that is able to order your eggs, order your butter, your, your milk, your orange juice, and all the, let's say, 80% of the product that you buy week in, week out, I mean, yes. uh, not living in the, 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 the fancy fish or fancy meat, I mean, that you have some, uh, for Sunday special, let's say. Um, so just imagine a fridge that is able to do that, is able to detect how many eggs there are inside, is able to say, okay, if there are below three eggs, I'm going to order six, because you know, I like to have you know a boiled egg in the morning, for instance, uh, or or an omelet or whatever, and it's taking care of that. I just give the fridge the order that I like: bio eggs, 
I don't want to spend more than, uh, uh, let's say, 30 uh, euro cent on it, on, on a single egg, and so on and so forth, and period. And, you know, this is automatically performed by the fridge itself. Now, the fridge, what it's doing? It's doing an operation for myself. Uh, it's helping me in some tasks. You know, think about washing machine. It's basically the same stuff. I can wash the clothes by myself. It just takes time, you know? And going to the supermarket to buy eggs, it just takes time. You know, there is no advantage of me going by the eggs or receiving the eggs at home automatically. You know? And, um, but if you think about, you know, the deeper, you know, a business side behind that is that, what does it mean? That my fridge can talk to your fridge and talk to somebody on the listener fridge, and then we can order 300 eggs or three or six. And then we don't need to go to a supermarket, but we can go to the producer directly and ask the producer, okay, I mean, you know, like we want 300 of your eggs. I mean, you know, tomorrow, you know, which price are you making for us? So what you need is basically some sort of virtual platform, virtual broker, I mean, that is connecting you to the butter producer, to the milk producer, to the egg producer. Now, this is like killing the supermarkets business off, right? Because supermarkets are basically brokers. You know, they put in a big box, you know, a lot of producers and loads of consumers. You know, that's yeah. why now in, in coronavirus times, I mean, it's such an ugly place to visit. I mean, <laughs> because they put together, you know, all, all these things. Now, and, and really imagine, I mean, if, uh, um, if this one can be done virtually by your fridge and by some sort of virtual platform, I mean, the connecting. Now, of course, this is something that probably Amazon or Bezos may think about it, but, uh, you know, one of the issues, for instance, the scale of it, you know, think about, you know, giving away one million fridges. I mean, they're yeah. able to be connected to the internet and so on and so forth. Not one fridge. One fridge, I mean, we are able to do it this afternoon. Okay, we just get a 15-year-old, a guy which is uh, uh, which likes Arduino and, and likes to play with those things, you know, it's done. It's really yeah. from the technology point of view, it's not a problem. But what is a problem is really what is behind, you know, all all the big data analysis or the or the virtual platform or the connections and the payment systems, uh, the fact that the fridge has, has a SIM card or not, and so on and so forth. So all these decisions, I mean, this business decision that needs to be taken. Uh, Think another thing. Think about self-driving cars. Yes. You know, what is the, 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 the nice point of self-driving cars? Is that it's not the fact that you know I can I can play on Facebook. I mean, while I'm driving or reading a newspaper, is the fact that the car can bring me to the office and then drive home and bring my wife to her office, uh, my father to a medical uh, center, my kids to school, can go to pick up uh, uh, my shopping at the supermarket. I mean, by itself can pick me up again from work. Um, it can bring me to a restaurant, I mean, in the center of town, I don't care about parking simply because the self-driving car can go park 10 kilometers yes. away. I don't yeah. really care. Um, and this is just one family. So probably one family will need one car. And if you think about how much a car is used today, which is, you know, in Europe on average, 4% of his lifetime, which means mm -hmm. that 96% of his lifetime an average car in Europe is part. Uh, basically means that probably two or three or four or five families, I mean, can just join together and get one car because, you know, it's unlikely, I mean, that uh, you need the car, I mean, for, for uh, such an amount of time that is basically hampering, I mean, the use. Or maybe you can have, let's say, two or three cars for every group of families, let's say. Let's yes, that. yes. Um, this one, what is it uh, killing? And I imagine to go to a, a large car manufacturer and say, well, you know, 
the number of cars that are needed in the market, you know, in, in the next five years is not like one million, but it's probably like 100,000 or, or 50,000. Now, this is, you know, another revolution, I mean, in, in the industry sector, because uh, you don't maximize the number of units sold, but you maximize the, the usage of the units sold. Yes, now, yes, it's a different, to, different to, way of looking at it. Exactly, but go to Bosch and tell them that their target is not to sell 10,000 rails, uh, but to make 10 million holes, you know, and, and they say, okay, well, but then I can close production, I mean, because I just need 10 drills for a city. And I say, yes, maybe you need only 10 drills. Now, this is what IoT will bring. So completely new different business model, yes. which they will put some of the current business in a totally obsolete way. Yes. So they will need to close, like uh, 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 internet put some business obsolete or, yep. or, or marginal, let's say. And, uh, and and create hopefully new opportunities and, and uh, new uh, avenues and new roadmaps. And isn't that, we're calling this industry 4.0, the next industrial revolution, isn't that mm -hmm. the essence of what happens during any industrial revolution that the business models that got us here today are not necessarily the models that will last during this revolution for the future, they either adapt change use the technology to think of doing things differently in different ways and different business models or they're likely to wither away and not be in existence by the end of whenever this revolution ends is isn't that part of the cycle we're in at the moment i think we're in the industrial revolution we're getting newer technologies more often um we're trying to use them but a big thing i see organizations struggle with is trying to imagine what the new looks like, trying to imagine what the new model looks like, trying to imagine, as you said, well, you know, I might say, why do I want the fridge to order eggs? Because I just like going to the shop. That's my thinking from the previous revolution, but i happy to put my clothes in the washing machine rather than scrub them myself. That was how people used to do it before washing machines. So I'm conditioned to what I know based on my experiences from the past. But the challenge is trying to break from that experience and knowledge to apply something like IoT to do something new and different, to challenge models, to do things differently. And I love that idea of, I don't know if it'll happen, but everybody uh, close, all your neighbors ordering all the eggs from the fridge, going directly to a supplier rather than the shop. You'll get better price points, you get better delivery, you get better whatever that is. You're cutting out the middleman. Um, but also behind all of that, so that's a new model. And if you're a business, you want to expand that fridge fridge analogy into what does that mean in your business and your supply chain? I mean, we're talking about eggs and the neighbors, but really yeah. what I want to think about is what are those eggs in the business context? What's the middleman in the business context and the supply chain? And how could I use that type of analogy and simple thinking to change how I do business in my industry. And I think that's the organizations that will use IoT uh, correctly and will use it to their benefit going forward. But it's not the challenge trying to figure out what is new based on our past experiences. It is, it is a huge challenge. It is a huge challenge and, and you know, sometimes, you know, when, when I speak to conferences or to events or to people, or, or even doing some consultancy, I mean, uh, uh, you know, they, 
I still face the thing like, okay, this is visionary, this is science fiction, and so on and so forth. On the other hand, I mean, you know, go back, go back to the to the seventies. I mean, and, and and talk about mobile phones and and yeah. <laughs> and yeah. booking, booking a plane. I mean, not these days, but booking a plane. I mean, just using your mobile phone and and checking in using your mobile phone. I mean, a boarding pass on your mobile phone. So basically, you can do the whole process. I mean, the only touch point that you have, I mean, for for flying is your phone. Uh, it can be on your phone. Now, what you think is totally right. I mean, Industry 4.0 is, is two big innovations. One innovation of product and second innovation of process. So how to build this product. Yes. Um, what we see, and this is now I put the, the, the heart of, of uh, president of IoT Italy. Uh, what you see is not so much uh, uh, lack of, of investment or lack of money, I mean, for, for doing that. It's more that, you know, industry are like, why shall I do that? You know, I, I you know, <laughs> all the advantages I see is, is theory, you know, nowadays my business is going decently well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when a competitor is going to do it, then we are going to do it. You know, it's, it's basically yeah. waiting for the you know, next one. I, like, I don't want to be the first one on the train. If the train is leaving in 10 days, you know, I just to sit on the train, you know, 10 minutes before the train is leaving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, everybody is, is waiting, you know, uh, trying to understand, I mean, when the train is leaving to jump on it. And that's a challenge because then we all scramble and get stuck in the doors and some of us get exactly. on, some of us don't. And I think that's where we are at the moment. Um, there's been some leaders having a go, but a lot of, I think, cautious minds thinking, let's see. I think they get need to get more inventive. I think they need to go into the... I don't want to go into blue sky thinking, but certainly they need to stop looking at current models and business models and operational models and supply chain models and think new and then put solutions like IoT and the big data and all these other things. How can we get new with all of these technologies? Um, And how can we get ahead? We know that organizations that can get some competitive advantage probably are the ones thinking like this at the moment or investing in you know, time and the resources to go think differently. Because so many of us are stuck in the business as usual cycle, um, you know, working and managing the now, yeah. not thinking about the future. And I think we need to think a little bit about that because we are in this, it's fantastic to be in an industrial revolution to see it. You know, when it started, when will it end? You know, we can debate those. Yeah. But I think we're Indeed. in it seeing it so we're part of it i think it's it's important for us to to take to take that on um maybe on this point i saw a quote recently from uh, the chief the cio of uh, aria systems brendan o'brien and his quote is you know if you think that the internet has changed your life think again the internet of things is about to change it all over again and I think you've just, that's what you're saying. I think it, yeah, it talks to totally that quote. Agree, totally agree with that quote, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Now, what I wanted to ask you about that was maybe there's two types of IoT here. And again, just to keep things simplified for the moment, there's the business application of it, businesses looking and should be changing how they do business and the operation models that we spoke about. Isn't there a consumer side to it? So another example I'll give you is a fitness uh, a Fitbit, something like that, fitness tracker that uh, mm-hmm. somebody might wear. 
So to them, you know, they exercise, they go for a jog, they go to the gym, even when they're resting and sleeping, it's generating data and they, they use it. But to them, they don't see that as IoT anything. They probably don't even use the word IoT regarding their fitness tracker. They talk in terms of the device or the apps that they're using. We have this fitness tracker and it's tracking calories and miles run and all this, you know, all this kind of stuff. So is there is there something for people to think about from an IoT perspective from the consumer side or do we not want them to think about it? Another example is the heating system. So we get thermostats now that you can operate from your phone when you're not at home they all use little iot sensors and apps and all the internet technologies but i can tell you i mean my wife doesn't think about i'll use the iot app to switch on the heating it's really uh i just switch on the heating with the app they don't think about it in terms of iot so isn't there an element of iot is largely hidden rightly or wrongly to the consumer or they probably don't care about the IoT part, they just care what it does. Is there any implication of that? Yeah, well, you know, the, the, the famous Mark Weiser quotes that, you know, successful technology is a technology that disappears into the fabric of life. You <laughs> it's know? True. And, Very true. And, and uh, you know, let's say that, that what you, you, are, you are citing, I mean, is this clear example of, you know, steps towards let's say IoT, but it's not fully IoT. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm happy to have, to have a Fitbit, I mean, that, you know, when I go to gym, uh, it's measuring how many calories I'm using and, and so on and so forth. But uh, what I, I would like to have is some sort of a Fitbit that is talking to the machines that I'm using or, or tells me exactly which weight I should lift. Because, you know, uh, um, I'm thinking like, okay, maybe, you know, 100 kilo deadlift is okay for me today. Uh, yes. But, you know, maybe for, for what I ate, I should try 80 or should I try 120. And, and today what I'm doing is, you know, filling. Yeah. You know, like yeah. more or less, I think this is okay. I mean, my back mm. is not hurting, my legs are not hurting. So maybe I should add 10 kilo more. Um, and what, I mean, these, these technologies, I mean, should do is because they know all my life, right? And and if think about Fitbit, think about you know the next step. Fitbit can talk to the fridge and know yeah. what's in my fridge and what I have for breakfast, what I have for lunch, what I have for dinner. You know, home. that's that's probably so, not a good thing for me with a Fitbit in the fridge. Yeah, it give out exactly. Me. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, and how many beers did I have? And you know, staying at home, I mean, clothes, and you say, you know, that's, that's you what I'm afraid be. of. Yeah, it will stop buying the things that I really want. Because exactly. of figures, I'm going to the gym, so you shouldn't eat or drink this stuff. Hmm. I hope there's a bypass switch for some of that. Yeah. I guess when the fridge is opening non-alcoholic beer, then it's the time I mean to switch back to an old fridge. Okay, I'll I'll take that. We should we should be a bit more healthier. <laughs> but, but what I mean is that you know when when these these objects, I mean that uh, uh, can help you know in our lives. I mean to to make us to feel better and so on and so forth. I mean then they also uh, gonna uh, want to say take this decision but also you know uh, push us to uh, which is what we are supposed to do now this is you know a fully fledged iot stuff uh, that's because there is a lot of data behind it and the data is basically you know my life yeah. so uh, how much am i sitting on the chair uh, 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 am i supposed to go for a little walk even 10 minutes or 15 minutes you know just to, to move myself from time to time uh, sometimes I, I i remind myself to do that 
sometimes I don't, and then you know, like oh, I'm, I'm like five hours sitting on this chair, and I didn't move, not even for go for a coffee or, or the toilet. I mean, so uh, mm, that's not good, and uh, and so on and so forth. So all um, these one, I mean, can can definitely help. I mean, in case of Fitbit, let's say for wellness, I mean, for having a healthier life and, and a better life. Uh, but what we have today is is I want to say half baked solution, but not for sure. You know the uh, complete IoT solution that we expect. Yes, and that's again, as you said, we're in this journey of industrial revolution, so we have to do it in stages. I think stage one is getting people to use and accept trackers, um, and then the onus going back to these companies like Fitbit or whoever that is to go and then redevelop that for the next phase or the next iteration as you said okay we now know you're using it but let's let us give you guidance on how to do the things you're doing uh, based on what we know about you and i guess that requires then a this is this integration iot doesn't you, you said it earlier does not exist on its own it needs to have maybe cloud behind it huge amount of storage ai stuck in there um you know a big data because of all of that is part of the IoT story, isn't it? It just doesn't yes. exist on its own. I, I do make an example on that. Um, and this is like a, a first life example, so something I was consulting. Uh, so there is this company, I will not name it, I mean, because <laughs> we're not endorsing anybody here. But basically they were studying the fact that, you know, the, the, the portable cameras, you know, the, the, the small cameras, handheld cameras, uh, basically, sales are going sharply down. That's because we, we all have a mobile phone. Yeah. And uh, uh, if we need a picture, I mean, we take it with the mobile phone and we, we send it, I mean, immediately uh, with Messenger, with WhatsApp, with whatever. And, uh, you know, because they didn't want, let's say, to kill the line, they were saying, okay, how can we make this survive, you know, or, or, or you know, to keep it alive? You know, yeah. lots of competition on prices and, and so on and so forth. And basically what uh, I was suggesting them is that, okay, well, give the box for free. You know, just give cameras for free. Just go on the website, you just put your, your uh, address and, you know, we ship your camera for free. Mm. With, you know, a little bit, I wouldn't say a string attached, but with the possibility of using the images that you're taking, you know, not for commercial use, but for, you know, whichever use. For instance, you know, uh, you are in a city, you take a picture in a park, uh, the city may be interested in to know the state of the park, the state of the green. If uh, you know it needs uh, some yeah. trees need trimming, or something is is uh, is needs to be uh, changed, or so on and so forth. If if the uh, urban uh, let's say uh, settlement, I mean, needs some modification, or so on and so forth. So all this data, I mean, uh, of course, what is the problem? Is that okay? The camera taking picture has no problem. The camera sending the picture to the cloud, a blink, no problem. The problem is that imagine to have like 1 million cameras in a city uh, uh, uploading uh, 10 million pictures a day. And, you know, in this case, you know, the, the freshness of the information is vital. Because, you know, yes. uh, if we need to cut a tree, you need to cut it now. No, and not that six months ago, you know, that you should have cut that tree. I mean, that is a bit too late. So uh, the, the, the problem there is to develop basically a backend which is able to uh, um, sustain calls or, or sustain applications. I mean, they can be, you know, huge, totally different, but all yeah. based on the analysis, I mean, uh, in almost real time. 
So here we're not talking about milliseconds, maybe you're talking about minutes or, or hours, I mean, but still, I mean, sometimes, which is, you know, sometimes it uh, has to be pretty fast considering the amount of data, I mean, that, that needs to be analyzed. Yeah. So yeah. The, the issue there was not really the fact that how much data you can, ex actual value, sorry, you can extract from the data, but if how much backend do we need to extract that value? That's an interesting view. It's an interesting view. I think, are we too early for that? I don't know. Um, I think organizations, there are some that will think about that and how to capitalize that. I think it's an interesting view and a good point of something different for the new world um, that's not overly radical, but it is slightly different. As you said, taking these pictures and the, the picture is relevant to the person taking it, but it's also relevant and has value to some other organization body groups that might be able to do something else with it. I think that's, I, th I think it's interesting. We'll see where it goes. Um, we'll have a look at that a little bit later on. Um, what we found is um, a while ago, you uh, co-authored a book. You're involved in um, a book called uh, Enabling Things to Talk. We like that, especially regarding IoT. I think that's a great idea. And it was uh, looking at designing IoT solutions with the IoT architectural reference model. I know you spoke a little bit earlier about the EU looking at a reference model. Is there anything else from that book um, that would be of interest to our listeners regarding IoT and the conversation we're having? Well, yes. I mean, first of all, the book is, is for free, so you can download it for free. Uh, and, and that was a and that was a, a, a decision. I mean, because basically we wanted to uh, give the widest possible audience. I mean, to to, to yes, this book. Yeah. So I'm not getting a penny. I mean, for the downloads, just you know, pride, personal pride, but uh, yes. not not uh, money. Um, that book is divided in two parts. So the first part is uh, higher level. So to make people understand what IoT is, uh, to make people understand which kind of revolution we can expect and, and so on. And the second part is much more technical. So, uh, you know, okay, we are a, a startup or we are a large corporation and we want to develop a specific product on IoT. Um, what do we do next? You know, and, and an example that, uh, again, I was using this is the gun that shoots for uh, only to uh, bad people. Yes. Uh, you know, is this an IoT problem? Yes, it is. You know, there is a physical entity, which is the bad guy, uh, <laughs> and a virtual, <laughs> uh, a virtual entity or, or digital twin, which is the record of a criminal record, I mean, before. Uh, there is a sensor, yes. which is obviously observing. There is an actuator, clearly it's a gun, I mean. And there is some sort of intelligence, you know, uh, the gun needs to decide, I mean, if the guy in front is bad or not. So he's taking a picture, yes. he's analyzing the picture, he's seeing if it's a criminal person, he sees if uh, he's basically acting something against you or he's simply walking into the street, I mean, minding his own business and so on and so forth. And then, you know, decide either to shoot or not. And of course, this is like a, a, a fun, you know, idea. But the, the problem, the problem, the, the, the uh, issue is that this one was uh, um, used, I mean, as, as a fil rouge to show how the, um, how a problem, I mean, like this can be model, modelized, can be architect, you know, which kind of architecture do you need for this? I mean, uh, is it feasible to have a central cloud somewhere in the world or do you need to uh, put the information I mean, closer to where the guns are? 
or even in yeah. the gun itself and so on yes. and so forth and then you know which kind of technology would you need i mean is 5g uh, today it would be 5g i mean that would be good or not and so on and so forth and then to develop the stuff so the, the second part of the book is really hopefully trying to guide i mean the developers i mean hand by hand in picking the right modeling space, picking the right communication, picking the right functional uh, blocks, and picking the right protocols, picking the right technologies, I mean, in order to solve the problem. Great, great. So there's a lot in there. Uh, we noticed there's two parts of the book, and I think that was a very good choice to do. So um, the book, Enabling Things to Talk, Designing IoT Solutions with the IoT Architecture Reference Model, um alessandro as you said you you're one of the authors of that book and it's free we'll do a blog about that and we'll um we, we, we'll talk a bit more about that another day um so we think that's a good reference reference point can i ask a question um regarding organizations and their use of iot um it's it's it, it's it's a straight question where are companies going wrong what are one <laughs> or two of the big areas where they're they're not doing it the way they should be doing in your experience where are they getting where are they going wrong with all this iot stuff well in in, in italy there is you know if, if you play tennis there is a typical italian expression which is a braccino corto you know like short arm uh, right. uh, i think that organization should be daring more you know i'm i'm again i'm not endorsed by them but i would expect somebody like amazon to go much further. Amazon already transformed completely, let's say, uh, first of all, bookstores, then, yes. I mean, you know, a marketplace over the internet, and then, I mean, cloud technologies, because, you know, AWS is basically uh, nowadays a standard, I mean, in cloud technologies. I mean, you can, you can yes. use Azure, you can use other stuff, but, you know, AWS is, you know, is there. So I would expect, I mean, some of these, you know, big players, I mean, to, to have more guts, in a sense, and, and go for it. You know, we're not going backwards, we're going forward. Yeah, they seem to provide you with the platform and the architect and the software to do something with IoT, but you have to go figure out how to connect it, get sensors, get all the other things together. So yes. certainly in, or, in with companies I've spoken with and we've seen regarding CCC, that uh, they're saying, look, we expected that we went to this software platform for IoT and it would all work. What we found was a part of what we needed to do, but we had to go figure out the, the other eight things that we had to do to make all of this work. And that just seemed too complex. Good. Can I, can I turn the question around and say, in your experience then, there are companies that are doing very well with IoT what are they doing right that other companies could think about? Well, to do things well in IoT, it's, uh, it's you know, like a, a, a very subtle alchemy in a sense. I mean, if you're not, if you're not a large corporation like Google or, or Amazon, I mean, they can probably invest like billions into it and, and you know, see how it goes. Um, you need, first of all, to have a very good plan on your first of all to solve like any product uh, uh, an issue you know yes. which, which is you know, a business problem you're solving i mean with which you're stuck yeah yeah uh, let's say if you want to do this fitbit plus uh uh you know which issues i mean are we solving two i mean to 
to truly think about what you need in front and in the back. So it's not only which kind of sensor do you need and which kind of actuator do you need, but also which kind of backend do you need, which kind of intelligence do you need to put on the on the machine itself and, yes. on, and on the cloud, I mean, in order to solve the problem. And number three, and also very, very important, how to scale. Because mm. if you have something which is sold in 10 or, or, or 100, uh, it's one thing if you sell something which is like millions or hundreds of millions it's it's a totally different beast so uh, yes, um, sometimes i mean i i, I, I hear projects or, or review projects i mean and and they're great you know uh, if if they're done for let's say 100 uh, uh, objects and then you yes. say okay guys, you know what if we you know what if you get a thousand orders? What if you get ten thousand orders? And then, oh, we'll figure it out then. And then, no, you have to figure it out. Buy a three D printer and hope it prints whatever you need for your IoT. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that I mean, is that. It is a good point, as you said, with scale as well. Um, there's scale in well, scale in a couple of things in your sensors, your actuators. Um, there's scale in then the data that you collect. That's going to get massive if you scale yes. the more devices you scale the more data that could be more cost and again what we're seeing what i what, what i've seen with some organizations that have gone into iot um and it's like they've turned all the collection centers on they collect everything um yeah. but they know nothing because there's so much data it's unstructured there's no there's no way of analyzing it or they've yet to figure out what it is they want from the data or it's just too vast that they they almost give up or they've missed an opportunity that they have so much data that if they were to analyze it and get the scientists to figure it out that they could have some gold but they're too unstructured to even figure out the unstructured data so i see that's a big a big a big challenge there can i ask him Regarding data as well, a question comes up a lot that we hear. Um, so if you deploy some IoT devices and you're getting customer data back, whatever form that is, isn't there a big challenge with organizations regarding uh, data privacy and security? Of course, yes. Or is, is that just put it in the cloud and all your security problems are solved? Well, if you trust the cloud, indeed. I mean, but uh, no, there, there is there is a huge problem with with privacy and 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 security. Uh, again, let's go back to Fitbit talking to your fridge. I mean, you might give permission to your Fitbit to ask a certain data. You might give to your fridge uh, a permission to ask a certain data. Do you give Fitbit and the fridge permission to talk to each other? And you know, yes. and in the future, do you, do you give the fridge permission to talk to your insurance company and so on and so forth, you know, to help yes. insurance and so on? So, I mean, there we, we are really entering a, a very delicate uh, area. Uh, IoT can be pretty invasive in, in people's life. Uh, yes. uh, it's, you know, again, in the past, I was speaking a lot about internet hackable things. That's because for a number of reasons, because we're talking about constraints that the devices which cannot support, let's say, a very strong uh, encryption and authentication and so on and so forth, yeah. uh, are, are easy target, I mean, for hackers. You know, back back two or three years ago, if you if you went to, to Black Hat conferences, I mean, they say, you know, hacking Windows, you know, is so, uh, it's so last decade, I mean, you know, now the cool thing is hacking <laughs> objects. 
<laughs> Isn't it? I came across yeah. a fascinating case study. It was a couple of years ago now, and I'm sure you, we can find the details on the web. It was a, a Las Vegas casino was yeah. hacked through an IoT sensor in the fish tank in the lobby. That is correct. That was yes. a weak point. And that I was like, correct. wow. And I've used that ever since in talks about cloud, IoT, whatever digital technology it is, that fits because it's always about security. Regardless yeah. of the technology, you cannot forget that. I would think, and maybe you can correct me that, um, I asked you earlier on, where, where should businesses start? And one of the first things you said was start with a plan. Um, I would suggest as well, part of that plan should be as well, a heading called security and data privacy. And that you plan that well in advance as to how you're going to put it in, maintain it and ensure. Because say you have these uh, sensors and they're on consumable devices. If you're a company that now gets hacked and that customer data gets exposed, your company loses reputation and trust. And consumers vote with their feet and their hearts. And if you lose trust with a consumer group, they may well leave you and not buy your your goods anymore. And business is over. So yeah. I think it's it, it's such a huge part that in essence, some companies still focused on, oh, it's IoT. I don't need to think about security. I think that's the wrong thing. Security and privacy is part of any of these digital technologies, cloud, big data, IoT, whatever that is, and they're so interlinked. You can have all the security on your IoT sensor, but your data center gets hacked where the information is stored in your big data. So yeah, it goes back to, yeah, and I think it goes back to thinking about the architectural reference model that you mentioned in the book, and that expands more than just one you know, it's architecture around about IoT, design, governance, data security process. It's so expansive, I think. But um, I'm still seeing organizations looking at IoT as a technology that will solve problems and do all this great stuff. But they don't understand, as usual, they have to think about all these other things as well, especially data privacy, security and that. And then there's a final thing on this is uh, I think where you store your data is as important. And if you're storing it in clouds, do you know where that is? Because we now have different data jurisdictions, uh, EU law, different to US law, different to South American law and Chinese law regarding data privacy or lack of data privacy in some countries. Yeah. But if you don't know where your data is because you're in some kind of cloud, wherever that is, that may be a problem too that you don't even know. So we can create problems that we don't know, we don't know about, which can be very, very difficult should something happen, I think. Indeed, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so uh, challenges this is, this is totally true, I mean, for what, what uh, for security, I mean, uh, if your objects can be hacked, it will be hacked. So, so uh, um, what, what so, I keep, Telling you know everybody is that you know put as much security as reasonable clearly I mean in in your in your stuff clearly for Fitbit okay it is not a nuclear power station so clearly you don't <laughs> need to use the same you know, standard. Uh, on yeah. the other hand I mean you know uh, uh, put as much security as needed you know from the very beginning from the very initial design of your stuff simply because I mean it would be hacked anyway. 
You know, there is no silver yeah. bullet. I mean, you give enough time, enough motivation, enough money, somebody will, will hack it eventually. Yeah, and we're seeing we're seeing that there's been a lot of security breaches in the last year or two around the globe and, and large organizations losing data. So it's not just this new technology, it's some of the yeah. traditional stuff. But I, I like that phrase, if if you have a device, assume it can be hacked. If it can be hacked, it will be hacked. So I think you have to assume that way. But I think you have to go then through, well, if you hack this device, for example, use the Las Vegas casino, what, where can this device go? What can it get into? What can it access? What data can it expose? And that that Las Vegas casino found out they got hacked and uh, they lost a sizable sum of money due to a, an unsecure sensor in the fish tank. And I think by design, IoT devices are very small, gen, just generally, especially consumer devices. So it does put some restrictions to a point on the level of security and the chips you can get in there. But I don't think that should be an excuse just to say no. that the technology is so small, the security chips, we can not we can only do so much with it. I think we've got to do better as an industry. Yeah, well, just think that uh, one thing, I mean, I don't know the data for 2019, but for 2018, uh, in comparison to 2017, I mean, the hacking of medical uh, data uh, grew tenfold yeah. worldwide. And why grew tenfold? I mean, this hacking simply because I mean, hackers I mean, go to hospital, they hack the data, especially private hospital, and then they say, okay, either you put one million dollar into this bank account, or uh, you know, uh, next day, you know, all your medical records will be open to the public. Yeah, cool. yeah. And, and when you're thinking that. You know, more and more medical objects are connected, connected to the web, connected to whatever. Uh, then can be, you know, a temperature sensor in a fish tank, can be temperature sensor in a in a room, or a thermometer of a patient. I mean, that can be hacked, and boom, you 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 enter the whole medical system. So, uh, especially in these fields, I mean, medical fields, wellness, and so on and so forth. I mean, it's really fundamental to respect, I mean, as much as possible. The, the security standards and paradigms in there are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think in the these strange times that we find ourselves in, there will be a bigger push now to people using medical services more remotely. We're having yeah. to do it now in these times, and I think there'll be more sensors to allow the doctors not to, you know, don't come to surgery. Here's a little kit. Hook this up. Give us a call, and we'll be able to diagnose you more. But I think while we're doing that, as you said, we need to focus a lot more on that security because it, it, it can open up so many, so many doors. Um, at this stage, we normally ask you some quick fire questions. So I'm going to give you some questions, short answers. We'll see where we go, see how, how we get on. We have a couple here. Um, is IoT overhyped? What do you think? Yes and no. I mean, yes, in the sense that for marketing purposes, yes. No, I mean, it will be really a true re uh, revolution. It's those marketeers again, isn't it? They just blow this <laughs> stuff out of proportion. But if they didn't, you know. Now, do, um, to, in order to use IoT, do organizations require large investments, large capital investments to begin with? What do you think? Or, mm, do a small scale? I can can be true generally be true but again it also depends by uh, uh, as we we're talking before the scale yes so if you're yeah. scale high yes indeed 
Yes, but then there can be cheap entry points. So scale is a good good indicator as to what investments you do need. Of course. I mean, yeah, we, good, good. you can also plan the scale, I mean, so that it does not hurt. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the fact that you don't of have course. a billion dollars, I mean, in your bank account when you start. Yes, yes, yes. No, most companies won't. Uh, most people or their organizations don't really understand the potential of IoT. True or false, do you True. think? True. Definitely. Should they start learning about the potential of IoT? Well, they can forget at their peril. I mean, <laughs> or just wait to buy the fridge that gets the eggs. Ignorance is is, is extremely dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Um, we got this. We got this to ask you. All you need for IoT is some sensors. That's it. That's all we need. No, no. <laughs> I, I think we discussed earlier on. There's so much more that even people that have started to do IoT have only realized. And then what I've seen in my experience is to get to the end of all of that, and they then realize we need better security and data privacy and all those other things, which is good. Um, innovation from IoT will stall or proceed at a slow pace for the foreseeable future. What do you think about that? This is really a, a crystal ball question because, um, you know, it might stall for another two years and then boom, explode. It might yep. be stall for six months or, 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 or five years. I mean, to me, we're talking before about the train, is that, you know, when the train is supposed to leave. I mean, it will <laughs> leave, it will leave eventually. Yes. So, so what we have is there's a train. We have a lot of people waiting to get on it. We don't know when it's arriving, but we know when it does, there'll be a big scramble for the door. Some will get on, yeah. some won't get on. Good, exactly. good. <laughs> I like that. Maybe the train will have some IoT sensors to work out the correct uh, number of people that should be on the train and then close the doors. And <laughs> um, finally, um, you know, many companies have looked at doing something with IoT but they have failed to find something of use or something capable of generating revenue. Do you think that's a true false statement? Well, it might be true, but often because they are using an old business model. Yes. Really, I mean, if you're trying to adapt I mean, IoT to existing business model, uh, it might be very badly fit. So, uh, in a sense, I mean, when you when you adopt a full IoT strategy, you have to embrace also sometimes totally new business models. I think that's fantastic as we're coming to the end of this, um, that adopting IoT with a traditional business model is unlikely to get you success. You've got yes. to think different, have change in mind, probably start with the, an existing model and then uh, break it down into all it parts but then leave it there and then yep. move into new thinking alessandro that's that's fantastic alessandro we're finishing up do you have any final words on how iot is relevant for the times that we find ourselves in right now <clears throat> well uh if you know uh, um you know more devices will be installed at home uh you can do some first of all some health tests at home period Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. uh, if you know, the fridge can order the eggs and butter, I would not supposed to go to to a supermarket. So I mean, social distancing, I mean, might be easier. I mean, to to have. Yes. 
and there is a, a lot of of stuff. I mean that you know connected devices can help you. Also keeping yeah. fit at home because you know it, it's not easy. I mean if you don't have a gym, if you cannot get jogging, if you cannot play football or or whatever or tennis, I mean then then it's really a problem. So I mean you know these connected devices. I mean if they will be more uh, into the fabric of our lives, I'm sure that they will give us a better time. Um, you know, rather than you know checking every day, you know, uh, how is the curve going and and when is the expected you know end of quarantine? Yeah. Yes, yes. I guess um, what it will probably do as well is have a lot of individuals and companies thinking about new ways of doing things because we're having to experience new ways of doing things right now. Um, some of them we can do, some of them we've yet to imagine. So maybe from these difficult times we'll find some enlightenment in in all of this well sandra bassi thank you so much for joining us uh, today on ccc talks i think that's been a fantastic view of iot thank you very much thank you thank you for joining this episode of ccc talks we hope you enjoyed this episode and walk away with a ton of actionable insights if this is your first time joining us, this is us extending a personal invitation to you to join other IT and business professionals. So please subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, or Google Play. If you are struggling in any capacity in your digital transformation journey, contact us. We'd be more than happy to guide you and find you the right certification courses to help you manage the challenges modern businesses are facing. This was CCC Talks. Until next time.